welcome to a special feature, the Summer Series. Summer Series. The Summer Series of the Cinescoots. Uh, now, I guess this wouldn't be cinema. This would be the... Network, telescoots. The, te- the Telescoots. The Telescoots. Reviewing what everybody... Uh, everybody has been waiting for us to review our millions of fans all nine seasons mm-hmm. all nine seasons of CBS's How I Met Your Mother plus an intro episode plus an intro episode plus so, an intro episode so this is great. our intro episode correct uh, I'm Thano I'm Javier um, and Javier you are a big How I Met Your Mother fan are you I, not? I how can you tell uh, it's not. It's not by this. It's, it's by this big uh, blue French horn and yellow umbrella, permanently seared into my skin. I was gonna say it's the it's the Morbius shirt on your. Oh. <laughs> that you're currently wearing, but yes, it is. If, if for all the people watching at home, you can see uh, a yellow umbrella, blue French horn, true story mm-hmm. uh, tattoo that has been permanently put. On Javier's forearm. Making Thanos' mom weep. Making my mom weep. Nah, JK. She would only weep if I did it. Oh. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Yeah. See, your mom's more progressive than a lot of other people. Probably. Good. Probably. Probably. <laughs> so, why are we doing this? So, um, this is our first venture into anything TV. Mm-hmm. First and foremost. Um, and a couple reasons. One, you are especially a big fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say you're a big, big fan. I would say I'm a big fan. I, I was addicted to the show um, as I watched it when I when I discovered it. Um, and I recently rediscovered it this past school year because for our millions of fans watching at home um, who are also dedicated fans to How I Met Your Mother... This is the year where How I Met Your Father also premiered on Hulu. On Hulu. Um, so that was a change. That was a change. And for, for people familiar with the show, there had been there had been the idea of like a How I Met Your Dad spinoff um, that had been in the works pretty much since the original show since the original show was ending. They had like a pilot that they, they had done they had a in pilot, the past. Didn't take off. Uh-uh. Um, I think the pilot leaked somewhere. Did it really? And I'm, I think I may have seen it, and it was not good. Okay, I'll I'll try to find it. Um, but I think the other thing to also add to this um, is not only does it have that the spinoff finally came out this year, um, starring the great Hilary Duff, um, but also um, How I Met Your Mother, of course, has that infamously very polarized ending. Um, polarizing ending which also came out um, around the same time that another show that we had uh, loved dearly dearly uh, Showtime's Great Dexter with its own originally polarizing ending Mm -hmm. Um, so to me it's kind of like its own little era in this bridge between streaming and what that did to television and then the end of network TV and like what that did to television Um, and then just kind of like Bearing what for some was anticlimax, um, or what for some was a satisfying ending. So I guess uh, what I'm curious about um, for the show as we revisit it this summer and then talk about it uh, in ten beautiful episodes, episode zero yeah. is this one officially. Um, one, how does the show hold up? Um, two, how is how is the original a product of its time? 
um, versus how was the spinoff a product of our time? Um, looking at the ending, you know, can does it does it ring with different eyes um, now? Um, and then of course we have our lovely tier lists. Yes. Uh, of rankings. So many lists, so tier many lists, lists, top fives, top and, tens. And in fact, I think very few of them are actual tier lists. I think they're mostly just... <laughs> it sounds nice. Top five. It does, it does sound nice. Um, but, so, I think, I think the millions of fans back home would very much benefit from hearing um, how would you describe your relationship with the show... Um, how has it changed over time? What are you excited about um, in so, this podcast? So I'm always down to talk to anyone about how I met your mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's a secret. Again, if you look at my hand and my arm, yeah. it's on there. Yeah. Um, that I am a really, really big fan. I How many times have you seen it? All the way through? Yeah. I lost track at seven times all the way through, which is, which is from season... One. one to nine. And then how many times would you say you've seen so, one season the most? Like, what's your peak for a number of seasons? It's hard to know. <laughs> That's the problem, right? Yeah. So, like, what I would do is anytime a new season would come out, yeah. I would start the show from the beginning and catch up all the way to the newest season. Yeah. I started in season five. That's what I did with Harry Potter when the books were coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, every time a new season would come out, so, like, season five ended... And I restarted it again. Then season six was going to come out, and then I restarted from beginning all the way to the end. The only the reason why it gets really murky for me was because I, I went through a time for about two years where I just had it consistently on mm-hmm. in the background. If I was doing lesson plans for work, I was listening to How I Met Your Mother. If I was mowing the lawn, I was listening to How I Met Your Mother. Anything that I would do, playing video games, I had the show going. Yeah. So... It's hard for me to keep track of 100% of how many times, but I lost track at like seven full viewings. So I I do not know by number. It's, it's nowhere near that. It's, it's, it's definitely less than five, but it's at least... Hmm. Now this is all the way through from zero to nine? So to be honest, all the way through might, might truly be two. Okay. Um, I did not watch. I did not watch that last season a lot. Okay. Um, but of the earlier seasons, I think maybe maybe three to four. Okay. Um, so so not as much to be an S tier fan, but I would say more than more than average. Okay. Um, it's it's interesting because I have not I've not done my full on research on this, but the genre of sitcom that that it is and that it kind of kicks off would it be the first like heavily plot driven season to season there's a full narrative from beginning to end sitcom that was massively massively popular Mm, I don't know that it's the first but I think it's one of the most popular to have done it yeah because you have an end goal right so the problem with a lot of sitcoms is you don't have an end goal you can just kind of meander yes yes and and you know that's perfectly fine for the for the type of show that that sitcoms tend to be right yeah um any show (coughs) starting a comedian where the title is their name right there is no end point right the george lopez show is there an end in sight? You don't know because it's really just about his day-to-day life. Same yeah. with the John Mulaney show, the Bernie Mac show. 
even the Fresh Prince. Home improvement. Home improvement, yeah. right? You don't, you don't have like you're there a to watch. You're there to watch the situation of the exactly. family play out. Um, which is kind of more in line of where you have like a drama. Yeah. Like when you have The Walking Dead, for example. Yes, we know that it's it's ending, but the ultimate goal is to either find a cure for the zombie outbreak. Or everybody's just going to die and that's how it ends. Ironic right? that you picked the most meandering drama. Exactly. <laughs> but that's the thing. Yeah. Like that, That's why I picked yeah. it. Because it's, it's a show that could infinitely go for as long as it needs to. But there is... Or longer than it needs to. Or longer than it needs to, as, yes. as, as is the case with this show. But there is an end in sight. There is a point, whether mm-hmm. or not they meet that point, that is not common in sitcoms. Correct. Um, yeah. So we know from the very beginning... The point of the story, it's in the title, How I Met Your Mother. The whole story is based on how did our main boy, Teddy Westside, mm-hmm. meet his his wife and potentially the mother of his future kids who he's talking to. Yeah, and I think what's interesting about both genre and medium that we consume it is two things. So number one... Um, sitcoms now especially in the age of streaming like you said you had it on while you were doing homework right Mm -hmm. I think that's very much what a sitcom can play the role as so when The Office was on Netflix you know that was people's background that was people's background noise Um, now like when I when I just need something on I'll turn on The Simpsons on Disney Plus right Um, both of those like The Office the Office is not as totally meandering as like a, um, as, as like a Home Improvement or like a George Lopez, right? Uh, but it's still not as like plot driven as something like How I Met Your Mother, right? So it's it's kind of in this like little sweet spot. Whereas How I Met Your Mother, um, I think does a really really cool fun job of sort of balancing those two roles because each episode still has that overarching narrative where it's like these are the shenanigans that people are up to yes today the overall plot is still like sometimes it feels very present sometimes um it feels like rather absent so you can like you can just like passively watch you know while while you're doing something else um but it's still intriguing enough where you're going to be hooked and invested in the in the story of Ted Mosby's uh, Ted Mosby's eventual love life. Yeah, and and unlike other shows, like you would, I could make the argument uh, that the show that I really really hate that always is compared to How I Met Your Mother a lot is Friends, mm-hmm. right? Like you could make the argument that Friends did have an overarching story, the whole story between Ross and Rachel, and how they develop and how they go from kind of sort of being together to at the end of the show being together again. But that was never implicit. Like, it was never implicitly the point of the show. Yeah. Right? So that is, that is you know, different. Different for sure. And I think one of the cool things about... I have yet to actually, like, watch Friends all the way through. Don't do it. It's awful. <laughs> when, I was, when I was a kid and when it was on TV, I would, like, have it on, but I didn't, I didn't like, get or appreciate what I was watching, right? I think one of the points, though, that's cool about this show um, is that while while it has an overarching mystery, 
Um, I think that by the end of the show, like the point is, is the friends. Yes. Right. It is very much a celebration of like the group, um, which I think gets us to to two questions. One, how does this then compare with the spinoff so far from what we've seen? Mm-hmm. But then two, I'm still very interested in like the way we watch How I Met Your Mother. So really quickly before I go on, when did you when did you get into the show? Like what, what season was it on when you discovered it? So it was season five. Mm-hmm. So season five was from 2009 to 2010. So basically academic school year 2009, 2010. Okay. So junior year, no, senior year of high school for me. Okay. Um, and, it was, and, and I will say it, this was towards the tail end of my senior year. So I started watching maybe around March gotcha. um, after they do the big long break uh, for like, what's it called? Like sweeps week? When yeah. They do like the big ratings bumps. Um, and I remember that I did most of my binging and most of my catching up during like that summer and in, in college. Yeah. So I, I got into it from you. Yes. End of high school, going into college. So mm-hmm. soonish after that time. By the time I had gotten into it, the the John Lithgow episodes had already aired. Because I remember, I remember seeing on TV him being teased in like commercials mm-hmm. um, before I really knew what was going on in the show. Um, so I I ask that because I think one thing that you and I have at least talked about in watching other dramas or Disney Plus shows is how now the streaming model is going back into episodic episodic right instead of like binging TV mm-hmm. um, and when I'm looking at this show and the question of how it holds up um, and also whether it gets better or like worse over time mm-hmm. um, I will make the hypothesis that A it holds up very well but B it actually gets much better once you escape the week-to-week format and you can actually just like watch it all the way through the new one no 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 the original how i met your mother the original how i met your mother okay um i think that's i think that's mostly true for the last season for sure i think especially so our assumption is if you're listening to this you've seen at least the show all the way through. Yes. The last season takes place primarily over the span of a single weekend, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even less, um, leading up to Robin and Barney's wedding. And I remember watching that week to week, just like with season two of The Walking Dead, where they spend most of that season in that disgusting farm like it <laughs> it is painful to get through yeah um i'm not saying i didn't enjoy season nine but i can totally see why people go we need to speed this up, Wrap this up get to the point why are we still stuck in this wedding yeah um so yes the binge the binge system is a double-edged sword yeah so kind of like to your your question leading into this was how has you know TV habits changed? Well, 
you know, we're going back to it for a reason. You know, things like Mandalorian um, are very successful. Things like WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, all of those have been week-to-week releases. Yes. Um, I'm going to push back in a little bit. But sure. Keep going. Keep going first. Uh, my, my whole point is that works mostly for a marketing standpoint and for an engaging engagement standpoint. Yeah. Um, as someone who likes to sit and watch multiple episodes of a show in one sitting, mm-hmm. I do like the binge, yeah, the binge system. Uh, but as someone who wants their shows to be talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks and have that conversation happen, um, I do like the the episodic release. I think so. Here's here's where I'll agree. I think the best thing about the episodic releases releases talking about something for weeks I think that when you're able to have a show that's an event right like a like a national or global event that's where it seems it's strongest yes and while all these shows that we just mentioned like the Disney the Disney Plus shows in the recent year the Star Wars and the Marvel ones right sure I think while they are highly successful I don't think just from my own subjective observations they've gained like the event status that something like Game of Thrones or dare I say like the last seasons of How I Met Your Mother okay I think How I Met Your Mother is different because the reactions to that as it were coming out were more were more mixed Mm -hmm. um Game of Thrones was obviously its own (laughs) (laughs) its own can of worms it's its own can of worms but that that was an objective Event. Event, yes. Whereas, like, people who I came across and who were not in any way connected to nerd culture were aware that, like, oh, Game of Thrones is on. They were possibly even, like, watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. So that's where Week to Week worked at its best, but I think that was more so to Game of Thrones' credit as a show and Mm -hmm. how it was able to, like, wrap you into its mystery than to its week-by-week status. So there is something to it, right? Yeah. So a show like Game of Thrones where every week you're kind of piecing together the overarching story. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of twists and turns in that show. Yeah. Same with, uh, to a certain degree, WandaVision. Yeah. WandaVision is a very uh, plot-heavy series yes. where you're week-to-week you're trying to put together, okay, what's happening in Westview? How is Vision back? And it works that, the best in this format of, exactly. all the, of all the Disney Plus ones. Whereas a show like How I Met Your Mother, I can totally see it working in a binge model because it's relatively low stakes. Yes. I think it's that. I think that low stakiness is what makes a show, a binging show, easier because you don't have to spend weeks. You shouldn't be spending a week theorizing on, well, is this new girl that Ted banged? Is this the new mother? Exactly. Like, that's different than, than going, oh, Wanda saw a guy wearing a beekeeper costume. What the hell What's does that mean? Right. So I think it's very different. Yeah. Um, shows like The Boys, like, that is doing a week-to-week episodic release. And, you know, you do have questions wondering, like, oh, well, what is Homelander up to? Those types of shows, the shows with, like, big stakes, big, like, set pieces... I feel like those benefit more from the week to week. And I think you feel it fail the most 
in some shows like Boba Fett for sure. Um, right now, maybe Obi Wan. I think we'll see where mm-hmm. like the narrative is just not as compelling enough for you to like wait, you know, a whole seven days to see what's what's and, going on. And you can tell that they know. They you you can tell that they know that it's harder to keep eyes without the binge. Yeah. Because yes, they are doing weekly releases, but if you notice, a lot of shows they start you off with a handful of episodes. Yeah. I think every Disney Plus show so far has started off has a started with a couple of episodes. Yeah. And I'm sorry, if I had seen Boba Fett and I've only if I only saw one episode. Yeah. I probably would not have come back. Yeah. Because episode one just bored me to tears. Yeah. Um, but like a show like The Boys, for example, like I just mentioned, they release the first three episodes in one go, and then the next week is one episode, one episode, one episode. And then I think we're... I'm going to throw one more, one more piece of pop media into the mix to kind of flesh out the comparison. But I think we're... We bring this back to him, Yim, and how we see that this show works so well, at least for me in the binge format, is you get rid of a lot of that pretext and that anticipation of like what is the girl at the ball gonna look like, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can where you can just enjoy hanging with your pals. Yes. Which is what the show is what the show is about. And and I feel like that's something that ha- that is helped with binging for a lot of shows. Yeah. Any show that has any sort of weakness, it's a lot easier to overlook that weakness when you don't linger on it for for weeks. And you and I, so like you and I just saw Morbius, right? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go on. And we'll be talking about it at some point, right? Go um, on. And without getting into too much detail, my my very very quick review is like not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Much less bad when you strip away all of the like MCU connection, like franchising, right? Yeah, like when you just look at the movie by itself, not that bad. Yeah, like a standalone. So when when you're in How I Met Your Mother, and a you don't have the week by week anticipation. B you also know that like the mother dies right and you don't like you don't get to spend a lot of time with her we can talk about how well or how not well that works you know once we get there but like when you've been through the ride once for me it's much easier just to be able to like appreciate hanging with the crew yes and like doing shenanigans and and that that to kind of uh continue going down your, your, your bullet points that you want to talk about, it, it, it's a lot to the strength of the characterization in the show. Yes. Right? Like, I feel like a show like this does not work on a repeat viewing if the characters suck. Correct. So, like, I watched all of Friends. Mm-hmm. Um, at first, it started because we're like, well, it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal that it came to Netflix. And I said, you know what? I haven't seen the show all the way through. Let's watch it. But I have zero interest in going back because a lot of the characters suck. Yeah. Like, Ross sucks. Rachel sucks. Uh, Chandler, like, he's just such a pretentious fuck. Yeah. Um, Joey, he's adorable, and, and I do like him, but he sometimes he can be a bit too dumb, even for, like, a TV 
character. Yeah. And like, it's hard to get invested and then say, I'm going to, you know, succumb myself to this again for a second viewing. Whereas in a show like How I Met Your Mother, I feel like a lot of the characters, even if you don't like every character to the same degree, I feel like most episodes do a good job of giving each character something to do. So would you, would you say that over the course of the show there are characterization adaptations? How so? Um, certain character... I'm, I'm kind of giving you the leading question here. But certain, yeah. certain character mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, gets more limelight and more character depth as the show goes on as a result. The Barney question. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're, we're going there right away. Yeah. Yes. And... And so that was one of the things that we wanted to talk about too, right? Like that's going to be a big focus of a lot of this. Mm-hmm. One of the most popular characters. It's also the most problematic. One of the most problematic and controversial. Okay. Um, to the point where people look back at the series and go, oh my God, how can Barney get away with this? And then also to the point, maybe I'm jumping the gun, but then also to the point it. where you watch the spinoff and you're like... We're missing this a Barney. Needs, this needs a Barney. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. You need that chaotic... There are attempts. There are attempts in the spinoff. In the spinoff, yes. yes. But it's not It's not Barney. It's not Barney. Yeah. So, the the reason why, like, the and again, going back to the characters in the show is, the characters are not stagnant. Yeah. All the characters grow, even if it's minimal, which I don't think any character just minimally grows. Maybe Lily is the least. Probably. Yeah. But I mean, Lily is... She overall seems to have her shit together. Yes. She gets most of her growing up done in like between season one and two. And even if she doesn't grow, she definitely at least like vacillates. She's not static. Yes. In any way, shape, or form. And, and there are things that pop up about her character throughout that are like sprinkled in that add depth to her character. Yep. Um... Without going into too many details, because you know we want to save some stuff for the actual episodes, um, the introduction of her dad, yeah, like does a lot for her character, showing you why she can be kind of controlling sometimes yeah. because she's just always had chaos in her life when her dad's around. Well, that and also becoming a mom, becoming a mom, right. and and, yeah. and all that. So, you know, we can say that she's probably the least dynamic character and there's but, still a lot there but there's still a lot to unpack yeah. there so so that is that is um, interesting but I mean the biggest the biggest changing character has to be Barney, Barney. and he might be he might be terrible but it's a fun terrible but it's a fun <laughs> terrible and it's also it's a fun terrible that the show is not afraid to call out I yes. feel because there are episodes completely devoted. I'm thinking of the episode, The Bracket. Yeah. Where it's just devoted to just like in your face telling you, Barney's Barney a piece of shit. is a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and he has done some terrible things. Yeah. Um, and yes, it does it in a, in like a comedic huh. like point. But it does show that he does learn from it a little bit. And let me uh, let me make sure that the doors or windows are locked, lest lest I uh, lest I attract the Republicans with this comment. Oh Ooh. wait, we're in a library. Oh okay. yeah, no, they wouldn't. They would never dead. come here in the first place. <laughs> this, is, this is socialism. <laughs> but I think that the free books. So, so okay, so we, we can't 
it's irresponsible to just let Barney get away scot-free. Yes. With no criticism. And to be honest, like I, I did a rewatch of this show in this school year, right? And there was a lot that I had forgotten that I was like, oh, this show like got away with some like yeah? some stuff. Mm-hmm. And here's here's what, oh here's what led to this actually. This is literally what led to me rewatching the show. I was watching the spinoff, right? Mm-hmm. Part of me was hungry again for the real show, so I started. But early on, there's an episode in the spinoff where oh I forget their name Sid right <laughs> Sid yes what's his girlfriend's name who lives in California his fiance is I can't remember I want to say Emily but I okay. can't remember so problem but anyway problem <laughs> problem the show's problem so she sends him a like oh the sex toy the sex toy right it's a Bluetooth yes. sex toy that they can use to stimulate themselves. Well, one is in New York, and then one is in California. They stimulate each other. Yes. Like if they were doing it to one another, but they're yes. across the country, we're right? that type of podcast now. Yes. <laughs> but it's, it's, Wonderful. Yeah. So I'm watching this, and then at, at, I, I feel ashamed, because I just went full-on Puritan. I was like, this is too crass. Like, the old show would have never, would have never delved to, like, this levels of crassness. And you know what? Maybe this says something about my inherent sexism. Because this is like a female version of the word, of word sexuality that I was put off by. Whereas I had watched Him Yim and I was not. But this is besides the point. Sure. So I watched this show and then I was like, I was like, oh, like Him Yim like was never like down to this level. I'm scandalized. And then I watched Him Yim and I'm like, it was absolutely down. It was down to clowns. <laughs> it, was down to that, it was down to that level. Now, not like, I, I don't think you could have gotten away with showing like a dildo. It wasn't a dildo, but, you know, it's, it's effectively, like, you know, it, you couldn't have shown a sex toy, like, on CBS, on CBS. at 7 o'clock in the evening. Um, but it's pretty equally raunchy. So... At many points. <laughs> so, um, this is kind of, like, where my, my countless, yeah. honestly, borderline embarrassing amount of hours <laughs> that I've watched this show. Yeah. You talk about this this thing with like the the sex toys and mm. and how they they stimulate each other yeah. and everything. There, <laughs> yes, there is a whole. There's an episode with an entire storyline built into the episode about Robin buying Lily yeah, a dildo. dildo. Yeah, there is, and and like it's played entirely for for laughs. Yeah. Yes, but like even when the reveal is made at the end. Yeah. Like, they lean into it. Yeah. They don't make it into, like, an awkward thing. Like, the, the, they're at, uh, at a wedding shower. Yeah. Lily uh, is gifted a, yeah. a dildo, yeah. a big black dildo yeah. Yeah. By, by Robin. Uh, and Robin is embarrassed, so she, she switches, she the, switches gifts. the gifts. She switches the tags, yep. Um, turns out that the gift she switched with was Grandma Lois. Yep. Which again, I can't re- I can't believe I pulled that out of my brain. And the card is very well written. The card. Uh, yeah. And then she's telling her how like, oh, oh you know, grandmother, you, yeah, my, you know, yeah. I used to use this at night. Yeah. I don't want you to tell anyone, but your grandpa used to use it too. Yeah. And under the the whole pretenses, you know, everybody in the audience knows this is a dildo. Yes. Grandma Lois thinks this is a sewing machine. Yeah. And and that's that's a pretty like. It's a pretty raunchy joke. Yeah. To be like, there's a dildo in this box, and we're insinuating that Grandpa used that dildo. Yeah. It was made out of wood back then. Yeah. 
Um, so I mean, it, it was there. It was there. It was there. And I think the, um, you know, there's, you know, so especially in this day and age, you have you know a very usually older, definitely more conservative people who think that sexuality is just like very much like in our face, and they think this is like some new phenomenon. And it was it, not. It, it was not. <laughs> I was, you know, it was, it, you know, while while they weren't like overt sex scenes the way, so for our millions of fans at home, um, you know, the way my my main TV situation in the house is set up um, is we have our kitchen, we have like our kitchen table, there's a big old TV right there, and we kind of just watch TV like in that space, which means like we're all like my parents and I like we're all together and like whatever's on you know we we can all freely see. Um, most people are like, kind of uncomfortable watching like sex scenes at home, you know, with their with their parents. I am kind of uncomfortable <laughs> watching sex scenes <laughs> yeah. at home. I yeah. am fucking thirty and yeah. I am still uncomfortable with um, that. It, it wasn't a full. It, this show, you know, didn't delve into two full-on sex scenes, but there were very, very few episodes that I could play all the way through with, like, my, with, like, my, my rather conservative father, like, in the room. Like, yeah. Like, on and, TV. And, and I'm like... That's, yeah, that's like, more with, yeah. like, um, like, Charlie and Valentina. Yeah. There's a lot of, of scenes. And, like, those are the characters that like, we talked about that are kind of like that... They try to fill in the, the, the Barney role. But I mean, in him, yeah. In the original, there were very few episodes. Really? I noticed that I could have on, and maybe it was just terrible timing, right? Maybe. But there were very few episodes I could have on where, like, you know, my parents were in the room, like, oh, yeah, like, Barney said this. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think there were consecutive ones that I... They you know, are peppered in. Yeah. They're... <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of things in built into the show that yes I agree maybe you don't want your parents to to, to be there to with be you, there with you watching but you also have to recognize that like the reason why they did that was because they could say it yeah without showing it they got away with like a lot on network TV. Right? Yes, you kind of looking back, you kind of realize just how much shit you could get away with. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, you know, maybe the moral of the story is you know we're even though things may seem like they're changing, we're not. We're not. We're not as depraved as. The more <laughs> things change, yeah. the more they stay the, the same. The more it's Mormon time. The more it's Mormon time. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited that you are kind of pumped to talk about Morbius. Um, so we've covered a pretty good introduction. Yeah. I think. Yeah. We we did take this time to talk a little bit about the the spin-off. Yes. Um we did say we wanted to talk about the spin-off a little bit during the beginning. Do you wanna add more to that here? Um I so all I'll say is what's on my mind right now. Is by the time this first season of the spinoff ended, I was on board. I was like, "All right, yes. I'm ready for a season two. It, for me, it didn't happen until the final episode. Okay. Right? Whereas him, him, much like Game of Thrones, you are hooked by the you are hooked by the. It's got bug. a very good hook. Right. It's got a good introduction. Um, I am looking forward to 
that experience just letting me appreciate the ride of how I met your mother more. Um, and I'm very curious to see what of my opinions since the initial watch as things came out changed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So overall, I think that's pretty good. So let's go ahead and do one of our first our first rankings. list, our first ranking. So today we were going to talk about two um, rankings, correct? What's up? Two rankings. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, one. One ranking. Because the next one will be for the next episode, which gotcha. we'll record next time. So we've got seasons. So today we're talking about seasons. Yeah. Um, we are ranking all our seasons um, from from best to worst. Let's go worst to best. Worst to best. Worst to best. Uh, so each of us kind of came up with um, with a list, and now this is where it gets tricky. Yes. Because even though yes, we are ranking them technically from worst to best, I will admit like this was very hard because I don't think it's a season that I hate. And I will go further to say that I would have said in my in my initial watch when these things were just on TV, right? I would have initially said that there were two seasons that I thought were bad. Mm-hmm. Now I say zero seasons are bad, right? And mm-hmm. and I'm curious to see, one, how this changes after our next rewatch. Mm-hmm. Two, how, I also just want to point out that this list was very hard for me to come up with. And my... Basically, seven out of my nine, I will say I'm very comfortable that the orders of those could change. I think oh. two seasons will stay where they are, but I think... The majority. I think for yeah. me, a lot of the seasons could, a lot of the seasons for me could change, except for maybe my first two rankings, like yeah. my number one and my number two. So let's start with yours. So let's go down your list. Uh, let's start with your number nine. Number number nine is number nine. Oh, number, so season nine. Yep. For Thano. Okay. What about your number eight? Uh, my number eight is number eight. Oh. Okay. What is being written down, by the way? I'm putting this on a, on a, a separate, separate doc. Yeah. Very good. Uh, number seven is number seven. Number uh, seven is number seven. Yes. Now, here's where things get tricky. Number six is number one. Oh. Yes. Hold on, hold on. So season one is number six. Season one. Interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Then season two. Interesting, okay. And I love season two. So everything from season two onward, I think, could very well change. Okay. Uh, Then season three. Okay. Season six. Okay. Season four. And season five. Season six. Yeah. Season four. Season five. So you're saying season five... Is my favorite. Is your favorite. Season four is your second Second favorite. favorite. Yeah. Interesting. This is very different from what I you picked, or you expect from what I picked and from what I expected. Now I would be, I would willing. I think much of this could change by the end. If I had cash with me, I would put a dollar down now, and I would say that I bet at least season five or four might switch by the time this ends. This, what's impressive to me about this show, is so to compare to The Office. All right, The Office is infamous for having a decrease in quality. Um, after Steve Carell leaves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where The Office has the leg up is I think its finale is definitely better than How I Met Your Mother's. 
Um, but I don't think that The Office is as consistently good for as long as How I Met Your Mother is consistently good. Like, this core of 5, 4, 6, 3, 2, 1. I'll throw 1 into the mix. It is like solid-ass television, where I feel like my margins of difference are actually, like, pretty slim. Okay. Yeah. So, I have my list. What's your... My list. So, <clears throat> season seven is my number nine. Ah. Season seven. I think I sent it to you, by the way. Very good. Um, season seven is my number nine. Uh, season eight is eight. Okay. So, we agree on we that. We agree. Yeah. Uh, seventh is season three. Okay. Uh, as much as I do like season three, I do have a reasoning for that. Okay. And, and we, can, we can talk a little bit more about that later. Um... Season four is my number six. Okay. Um, season nine is my number five. Okay. That's high. It's a little high. That's high. And I do have reasons for it, too. Uh, season six is my number four. Okay. Uh, season five is my number three. Season one is my number two. Season two is my number one. Season two is really good. Season two is really good. Yeah. So the reason why I put season nine as high as I did mm-hmm. is because... Uh, I will die on the hill that I like the ending. Yeah. I like the original ending. I think that's fair. Um, and it is also the most we get of the mother. Yep. And I really do like her as a character. Those were wins. Uh, those were huge wins yeah. for me. Yes, season nine has my least favorite episode of all time, mm. which is Bedtime Stories. Yes. Bedtime Stories is... The rhyming the, one. The rhyming one. Yeah. I would argue Bedtime Stories is the worst episode thing to come out of that whole show and yet when you can just binge <laughs> you can do, you can you can watch it and be like well that's a painful 20 minutes or yeah, you can it. completely skip it yeah. yeah you are missing you are missing zero by by not um doing that mm-hmm. um and there was one more that i said season six being at four um honestly here's the thing my last four I think I could switch, switch around. Yeah. Maybe not two and one. <laughs> I think I'm pretty adamant with two being my favorite season. We got the best, like... It's fun to see Ted and Robin together. It's very fun to see Ted yeah. and Robin together. Yeah. Um, which you do get some of that in season one, which is why it's ranked high. Yeah. Uh, and you get a lot of that in season two. It's also fun that season two fixes the Marshall Lily thing relatively... Quick. Quick. They're effectively back together... By like episode five, yeah, and then the rest is just like patching things up completely. Yeah, um, and and the reason why season three is so low for me is because I really hate the Ted and uh, Barney. Like, oh, conflict. yeah, that I feel like it's big stupid. I think it is. All right. I won't say names, but they don't watch anyway, so I don't care. I think I think it's big stupid, but I know people couples, do be like that. I know people who be like that. People do be like that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but this is TV. But people do be like that. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Fair. And, uh, and a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people do be like that. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 
But, I mean, to be fair, but like I said, like that is the thing that for me, I feel like just, it really just takes me out of it. Yeah. They spend too much time with Ted and Barney just kind of being, like, at odds. Yeah. Um, but then, like, to your point that people do be like that, why is why is Ted so chill with Rob? <laughs> because clearly that don't be like that in real life. I mean, hey, there's power in the... There's, there's, there's... There's, there's power in the pee. That's, that's all I'll say. But it's funny. As I was at, upon my first watch of Hitman, um, I'll use fake names for this. I'm generating them on the spot. I knew someone named Darnell. Fake name. Darnell. Wow. What Darnell. A, what a strong African-American name. <laughs> he, none of these people were African-American. <laughs> who, uh, who was friends with... Um, Jessica. Durango. <laughs> Oh, Durango, another male. Are you going to be able to keep these names straight? No. <laughs> Darnell was friends with Durango um, and Jeremiah uh, and this girl named Penny. And Durango and Penny <coughs> were dating, mm-hmm. right? They broke up in high school. This was all in high school, right? And then leading into college. Sure, Durango sure. and Penny were dating. They broke up. Penny started dating Jeremiah. I believe they're now married. Oh. Durango himself did not have as much beef with Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Darnell had hella beef with Jeremiah. Darnell, but Darnell was not dating. He was not. Penny. He was not. But he had beef with Jeremiah for like for like going out on a, like for for dating his bros dating his bros girl he would not speak to jeremiah he would talk shit about jeremiah there was like there was grade a high school drama that was around all these people which bled on into college like yes so and that was and and in that point darnell was in like one of my social circles and also was watching this show so it was kind of like i think that part of the reason why I didn't even give like the whole Ted and Barney conflict, you know, Much a second thought. thought, was that a, a, a version of that was just happening, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right in front of my eyes. I guess that's fair. Yeah, that is very fair. Yeah. Um. So what we'll do is we will, we said we will revisit this this ranking this ranking at the end of our at the end of our summer series our summer series um i am going to uh as as counterintuitive as it probably is for me to rewatch the whole series i will rewatch the whole series you got it uh i mean let's be honest i already did start it yeah (laughs) so i'm already in season four yeah um but i the only ones that i can see possibly fluctuating are like the bottom four yeah i feel like my top four are pretty solidly they might change order mm-hmm. but i don't see them dipping into five six seven or eight or yeah nine. i don't think anything would dip i think things might just rise up for me but when something rises something has something to fall. has to dip but it's not that that thing suffered it's just like ah like, and that's that's yeah. the problem right it's it's the problem when you have a show mm. Where you feel like there is no like definitive like awful yeah like you can watch a show like Dexter and there are some There's there are some awful. stinkers in Dexter yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they tried it again and they tried it again <laughs> you know what I will I will forgive Dexter New Blood I I liked more than I disliked yes I agree with you but 
But there were some stinkers. There were some stinkers. Yeah. The whole fentanyl thing was hilarious. Yes. So I love that. Yes. Um, so, I think we're going to have fun with this. I think I'm, I'm glad you proposed this. Yeah. And to our millions of fans watching at home, I would say if you're someone who kept up with the show and then was disappointed by the ending, give it another shot and just like divorce yourself from all pretext and fan theorizing. And just go along for the ride as much as you can and see Here's what, I'll what say. happens to your opinion. Here's what I'll say to that yeah. point. If you have beef with the way the show ended, yeah. you are absolutely, perfectly fine to watch until the last five minutes. Then you hit pause. Yeah. Then you go to YouTube. And then you watch that. And then you type in How I Met Your Mother alternate ending. And there it is. And that is the ending that you want. The rest of the show changes nothing. Yep. I feel like there should be a cut of the final episode with the alternate ending. Here's my hot take. I used to be team alternate ending. I am team original ending. Yes! I am team team original ending. I'm glad you've finally seen the light. Um, So we will end episode zero here. Episode zero. Episode zero. It's a How I Met Your Mother summer. How I Met Your Mother Summer. Yes. I love I love it. The the summer. First we had Slut Summer. First we had Slut Summer. Now we have How I Met now Your we have Mother. Good wholesome. Good wholesome. Good wholesome. We 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 change things around. Yeah. Alright. Um so we will be back. We will be back very soon. Very soon. Very soon. Yeah. Uh, with episode one. Yes. And stay tuned for another oh. special treat. That is not in our summer series. It is not in the summer series, but yeah. this is this is more in line with what we normally do with the show. Correct. So correct. That will go up before this. I feel. Sounds good. I feel like I'll probably put both of these episodes up on Friday. All right, and that then that'll that'll take us to next week. So I'm Tano. I'm Javier. You can follow us at the Simmons Scoots, and we'll be back. We'll be back. Bye bye. Bye.